Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Today, the Music of America podcast continues and kicks off Montana and our first guest and our Christmas guest, Adam Rutt from Billings, Montana. We'll talk with Adam about him and some of his projects and his musical influences, whatnot, after I talk to you about River Ridge Farms up in Vermont. It's Vermont's Recreation Lover's Dream, a gorgeous vacation rental nestled in the Green Mountains of Vermont. River Ridge Farms is an escape to everything wonderful that Vermont has to offer. This historic farmhouse is set atop 16 acres of fields with mountainous views, a pasture, a pond, tree-lined river frontage. Go on out and explore and enjoy this beautiful spot right in the heart of the Green Mountain State. And along with the multiple nearby ski and mountain resorts, breweries, biking trails, hiking trails, biking trails, hiking trails, and other tourist activities. This spot is unique due to both its multiple mountain views and the residential farm animals. The resident farm animals. When you talk to the owner and host, Diana, ask her about interacting with the animals. I took my grandson there this summer, and he got to pet pigs. And uh, no pun intended, but he was in hog heaven. He just he loved it so much. And if that's not your thing, then just sit back and stay in this comfortable modern farmhouse, which sleeps about 11 guests easily. There's enough space to throw events, a mini concert maybe, or a retirement party, or a wedding, or just relax and rejuvenate in the beautiful <laughs> Vermont landscape. Check them out, River Ridge Farms. They're on Facebook, but to find them, you have to search River Ridge Farms Jeffersonville. Apparently, there are several uh, bed and breakfasts and Airbnbs and whatnot under the name of River Ridge Farm. So, River Ridge Farm Jeffersonville, or check them out through Airbnb. Same thing, River Ridge Farm in Jeffersonville. River Ridge Farms, Vermont recreation lover's dream. Not too far from what you find in Billings, Montana, I would guess. You're kind of in God's country up there, too, aren't you? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's uh, lots of farmland around here. Yeah. How close are you to the mountains? Oh, uh, real close. I just uh, I just played in Red Lodge. Uh, there's a there's a ski resort in Red Lodge, uh, and I played there on Friday. And it's about a about an hour drive to hour drive to the base of the uh, the mountain. Oh, okay. I guess, I guess yeah. I should I should introduce you again. <laughs> just start talking, you know. Cause That's is, all right. <laughs> this is Adam Rutt, our our first guest, and Merry Christmas. Oh, Adam, Merry Christmas. I want to say Merry Christmas to you. Uh, Merry Christmas, Tom. Thanks for thank, having me. Oh, thanks for coming on, and thanks for spending giving us part of your Christmas to do this. Oh, yeah, so, it's a pleasure. And you're our first guest in Montana. It's one of the states that I've not been to that I really want to hit. I want to hit Montana, Wyoming, and well, and yeah. Idaho. That whole that whole part of the country just intrigues me so much. I just want to go there. And now I've got I've met so many people in Billings that I think I should just spend a week or so up there. You know? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I would show you around. For sure. Um, tell us about you. You're an excellent guitarist. Oh, thank you. And uh, but how long have you been playing? Like, did you just wake up one day and you were that good, or did you start when you were six? Or or tell us your story. Yeah, right. I, I think that's how people think that talent actually works. You know. Yeah. But, uh, no, and I was a. Uh, my mom started me off on uh, piano lessons when I was. She okay. So my uh, my mom has always been the the church uh, piano lady. You know, and, uh -huh. and she's. Uh, 
she's got a gift for sight reading. Like she can just put a church hymnal up there and sight read right off of it and sing also along with it too, you know? And wow. uh, I've always been fascinated by that, but uh, she started me off at piano lessons, like with all of her kids. Uh, but I'm like really young. I was, I think I was the oldest and she started me out at four years old. And I think for my brother and sister, she started a little bit later for them because four was too young. And, uh, I don't know. I, I always resisted playing piano. I didn't, I really, really wish I would have paid attention. And, um, but there's only now, you know, I could still only play a few songs on the piano and, uh, but it did, it did show me that, uh, they started me out on this piano thing. It was a weird thing in the eighties called Suzuki, I believe, where it would train kids who didn't know how to read already, you know, cause you, you need to know like A, B, C, D for right. musical notes. So in this program, they would just have, they had tapes of the music and they would have our, our parents play them all the time for us. And we'd listen to our teacher play these songs. And it almost was like a, then you'd commit it to memory almost. And then they had, for the notes, it would be like, uh, it was like mother trouble clef and father bass clef. And then all the kids were like uh, little A and baby C and like all <laughs> so you can re relate the notes to like yeah. actual people in a family. And uh, so then you'd learn these complex songs and commit them to memory. And so when you'd sit in a recital at a, like four years old, you could play these complex things. But it was all just because you'd heard it so many times. And right. It was a really weird thing. But I think it really helped me for later on in life as far as memorizing. I'm super good at memorizing stuff for some reason. That's just been. And I think some of that was 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 from that. Well, it's, an anyways, early, so it's an early conditioning. You, you learn how to uh, do muscle memory exercises. Yeah, and hear stuff and be able to play it back again is another yeah. thing. And so, so anyways, I, I like I said, I didn't really put too much into piano lessons. And by the time I was fourteen, I started getting into uh, like that was around the time grunge happened, you know. And, and some uh -huh. kids at church camp actually showed me Nirvana. Oh wow! I was, at, I was at church camp at a beautiful place called Clydehurst up in the mountains here in Montana, and uh, and that that opened me up. I was like 13 years old or so and my mom's making me do these piano lessons but i wanted to play guitar like kurt cobain and so <laughs> i i purposely messed up a piano recital and uh just just i knew how to do the song but i just did not do it right my mom's like what is going on and i'm like i want to play guitar and so she got me a guitar and uh i took lessons for just a year on guitar yeah. and the teacher was like i've already taught you everything i know so you're on your own now Acoustic and so electric. Uh, I started on an electric guitar. Yeah, what was it? Yeah, it was a K, uh, a K starter guitar. You know, K yeah. that that A Y. They ended up making like they made bass uh, upright basses right. and all that stuff. And so yeah, I had the K, and then I had a little crate practice amp, and I I remember trying to play like Nirvana songs, and I couldn't figure out why it didn't sound right, you know. And then uh, there was a little button though on the amp that said game. So I will never forget the day when I hit that game button, you know, and it just like, like I had distortion, you know, and it's kind of lit up for me. Power chords like sounded like they were supposed to sound, you know. Yeah, that's right. We were talking earlier. We were talking earlier off camera about Guitar Slim, Guitar Slim Senior, and I met Guitar Slim Junior. Well, Guitar Slim was the first blues man to start playing with distortion. And he used to get kicked out of bars because they didn't like that noise. And that's yeah. what inspired Hendrix to do what he did, which opened up the world to distortion and blues combo. You know? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. 
All right, get out of the rabbit hole. Go back to you. <laughs> oh, but I can even go a little bit deeper into that because I was uh, reading about, uh, and I actually it was actually a podcast thing uh, where he was talking about there was a studio back in the '40s where they'd blown out some of the tubes on the input for the bass guitar, and uh-huh. so it was making this real fuzzed out, awesome bass tone. And so they just they just left it that way. They never fixed it, and so every time they needed some good like because it was before the days of distortion pedals or anything right, like right. that, so. They would just use that channel on the on the uh, mixing board that had the burned out tubes in it, and they get this this awesome like sound that nobody had heard back in the forties, and it would yeah. sell records just because of that weird sound. I remember it was, it was Gary Moore, I think Gary Moore or uh, Rory Gallagher, one of the two. Their bass player was playing through a basement, the old Fender yep. basement, and yep. blew it up or something. And so, well, let me see what it sounds like if I plug in, and it the basement went from being a bass amp to being a guitar yeah. amp because you get such a heavy heavy rich distortion sound to it i, I believe that's the story because I, I had at one time a story not to be shared here but i did have at one time a basement 100 watt head it was like a 60s 70s era and i put right. new tubes in it it just sounded amazing amazing oh, great amp. i've got one too i've got a 1970 uh basement and you know they've got the two different They've got a, a, a plug-in for a bass and a plug-in for a guitar. On okay. All those. And so, yeah, you can, and they, they have different frequencies for them. But those things, and, and so what, what happened with mine, I can't even use the speaker for it anymore because it, I had the original speaker for it, but it blew out uh-huh. and it started doing that. It, it might have been with that one that it was the speaker that was blown out and created that great, like, uh, kind of overdrive sound, you know, or... I have had to replace the tubes in mine too, and they do start to give you that. Yeah, mine's just a fifty watt version, but it uh-huh. with with the fifty watt version, you can overdrive it a lot easier too, you know, and you just get that natural, you know. That's Bands what it used was. To just tour around with two basemen. They they'd go out on the road and they'd have the bass and the and one guitar would plug into one basement, and then the guitar and the vocals would plug into the other basement. Oh wow! That was it. They just used two basemen on one on each side of the stage. And all four of the guys, the singer and the two guitar players and the bass player, would all plug into them and use them. Wow. And Those things are great. So uh, back, back to Adam Rutt. So Nirvana yeah. was a big influence. And you started playing. You got your crate. You found Gain. Gain finds yeah. you. And uh, who continues? Does, does Nirvana continue to influence you until... Foo Fighters yeah, come around, or all those. Like I, as I started getting more, as I played guitar more, I, I started, you know, branching into uh, Metallica, and then, uh, you know, uh, Pantera bands like that with yeah, really great guitar yeah. players. And then, uh-huh. plus, my dad was a Van Halen fan, and so I had his Van Halen tapes, you know, and Aerosmith and all those things too, which then made me dig even deeper into Hendrix and and uh, all of those things. So, so like. My idea of like a good time in, in the afternoon when I was like 16 would be to sit and and get the tablature. You know, you you print off the tablature off the internet in the 90s, and it was all wrong. Yeah, you know, but <laughs> it, it, and it'd be like 60 pages for like one song. You know, but I'd sit there and, and work through the songs and learn guitar solos for you know learn like Little Wing or whatever by Hendrix. Yeah. You know, in an afternoon of, and just sit there and work through it with the wrong tablature, like I said, and and uh, that was just kind of uh, how. That's so I kind of consider, you know, also Steve Ray Vaughn, um, those guys, Billy Gibbons were like my guitar teachers, you know, because I just I just tried to emulate what they were doing. And in doing that, it, it taught me how to play the blues, you know, and, and uh, 
And then it also taught me about tone, you know, and like yeah. really giving a shit about like how 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 my guitar sounds, you know, and uh, you know it, it what, all important things, you know. I didn't really have much of a teacher or anything. Uh, I was, like I said, also like a um, the oldest kid too, so I didn't have anybody above me saying, "Hey, you should try this or that." Um, it was all just 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 me obsessed with the guitar for 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 a few years there. One of our sponsors, actually one of our sponsors today, Bill Landry from Landry Amps. I think I'd mentioned to him, mentioned him to you before. And the the whole trek of becoming an 80s style guitar player, i.e. Eddie Van Halen, to finding about tone, to where tone found him, to, yeah. to where it led him to start building amps because he wants that tone. And mm-hmm. uh, when you said tone, it's like, you got to meet this guy, man. I think it's so much on the same page. Now you're with a band. You you do solo work, but with your band now, you're a band called Stranded by Choice, and we're going to play one of their songs. So you have a couple of projects you work on, though, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, Solo work. Stranded by by Choice choice is. uh, I I, I'll just say like in the simplest forms, like what I got now is uh is I had Adam run the Electric Outlaws. That was just I I had toured around with a few different guys, old blues guys like uh, this guy named Leroy Miller that weirdly enough he played in a band called Sma- he played in smash mouth like for a few years there but really? he ended up moving up to montana building himself a tiny house out in the woods up in red lodge and uh i ended up uh you know he had a band going and i was like man this guy tours he had his own bus and all that stuff and yeah. uh so i i did what i could and i got into his band and I did that for a few years. And then uh, there was another local guy named Jared Stewart. That's a, he's a native uh, blues player. That's just fantastic. And um, played with, played in his band for, for a few years. And uh, I just got to a point where I was like, okay, I got to do this myself. I can do this myself. I'm a guitar player too. I was right. playing bass for those guys. And uh, I was like, I can do this. So I, I started Adam around the electric outlaws and uh, have been doing that hard. But then, I've always been a fan. Stranded by Choice is, is a, like a Montana mainstay hard rock band. They've been around for over a decade. They've been wow. touring for that long. You know, they're just they're, they're definitely the biggest rock band in Montana. I don't think anybody would even argue with me about that. When and, you say when they, you say tour, you mean tour worldwide or tour country Wyoming? Tour all okay. over the United States. Okay. Yeah. And uh every every year. And uh but but anyways, uh so they were they, they, I never in a million years thought that uh, I'd play in Stranded. I was always just a big fan, and and I'd go see them whenever they played here in town. And then one day, you know, they they just called me up. I knew their bass player, Rich, kind of, and uh, uh, he called me and said, you know, our guitar player, one of our guitar players, is having issues with his hearing. Uh, you know, he was having, he was getting. There's some name for it, but it's a. Uh, he he's really sensitive to loud noises, to where he gets migraines, you know, and yeah. stuff like that, and so playing in a band like stranded where we're using full stacks, you know, and we're going loud, you know, playing through Marshalls and orange amps and stuff. And right. Right. He just couldn't, couldn't do it. And so there's something about, you know, my, my guitar playing plus like my image probably a little bit, you know, it's just yeah. kind of fit with their style of, of like heavy rock, you know? And so, yeah, I was, I was available and, and uh, that's how I ended up. And that was just in, uh, april of 2022 is so it's only been a little over a year now it's been about a year and a half i guess it's coming up on two years in april with i was gonna say you you do kind of present sort of a slim down uh leslie west persona 
you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome, dude. Oh yeah. man, I'm a huge mountain fan. That's, yeah. that's sweet, dude. I'm uh I'm working on an album. I'm gonna record my first album next year. And um, I'm going to just I'm going to start it off just to do covers. I've, I'm building a studio at my house in Missouri. I'm going to just do covers, but it's going to be all covers of uh, New Orleans and Louisiana. And one of them's going to be Mississippi Queen, but I'm going to do it slow. Yes. And yes. I'm going to do it acoustically. Oh, and then man, I've, got, cool. I've got some really cool ideas of what I want to do with it. And I've got some guys I jam with down here. And uh, I want to put it together. I want to send it to you, let you hear it and see what you think. I'd love to hear that. Yeah. That's, that's a, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Well, the first song of yours we're going to hear is Hardly Soft and Hardly no. Acoustic, song called no. Bounty. I assume you wrote Bounty, right? Nope. I actually, that's the one song on the three that I did not write. I'm actually, okay. one of the reasons I said it is because I think that's one of the only albums on the, the only songs on the new album for Stranded by Choice that, that was actually written by their old guitarist, Scott. Okay. And, uh. My only contribution to that song is the guitar solo at the end. It switches. Uh, there's two different solos going on, and I'm the first one. Okay. And their guitar player, Sean, is the other guy. And so uh, I just wanted to kind of do a little shout out to Scott. I, I I feel bad, you know, for what had happened to him and everything. Yeah, and, and, yeah. Uh, so this is a song that Scott Waddington wrote. And uh, they so they already had their album all recorded when I joined. They just needed guitar solos and stuff. So yeah. that was my contribution to their, their the album Neptune's Gate was all a whole bunch of guitar solos. But now we're in the process of writing our next album. And I've got like three songs so far going to be on our next album. We're, we're doing demos and uh, we meet up and uh, run through our ideas. Your demos, sometimes we do like one-on-ones with each other and uh, write yeah. stuff. And we're just putting together a new album now. And I have a full part in this this new album, but. It, it's so funny. Me. It's so funny because the guitar solo at the end is what made me think that this was your song, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that's my contribution to it anyway. Your contribution on the song in my book, you know, but oh, again, uh, I, I didn't know the history. So now I know the history. Now I got to listen yep. to it again with a different set of ears, you know? Totally. So, Adam Rutt, our Christmas guest here on the Music of America podcast. First song of his we're going to hear with him and the band Stranded by Choice, the song called Bounty. Down 
song called Bounty from Billings, Montana. Our guest today, Adam Rutt, on the Music of America podcast. You know, we've all done this, right? You you find that perfect tone you're looking for, and then a club owner or somebody walks up and says that, you know, you're a little too loud, and so you have to change that which you have spent all day trying to achieve, that that tone, you know, where you're always in the sweet spot, right? Well, yeah. introducing the Lexi from Landry Amps. The Lexi is a 100-watt amp that has at its core a vintage Plexi circuit, well, at least part anyway. The, the Lexi has a like a rhythm crunch channel, a boosted lead channel, a digital reverb, buffered effects loop, uh, depth control, awesome voice switch. It has considerably more gain than a Plexi does at volumes ranging from a whisper all the way to concert volume, and it's designed to be played at those lower levels. The two channels each have their own gain and master volume control, but they share the EQ. So check them out. Landry Amps. They have a YouTube channel where you can see the whole array of Bill Landry's amps, get a sense of the tone and the amp that fits your style the best on YouTube, or check him out at his website, LandryAmps, www.LandryAmps.com. Adam Rutt, our guest here, and we've talked briefly on equipment. You play through, you still play through a Marshall or you play through? Yeah, I'm using a, I use a Marshall JCM 2000, a 1999 yeah. uh, JCM 2000 that, uh, it was actually the touring rig for uh, a guy from Nebraska named St. Christopher. He's still out there going, but uh, I think he switched over to Marshall. And so he, he had had it. I think he bought it new in 99. And uh, I don't know um, yeah, if I can even say the name of his band on air. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's what to say the Saints. And they were out of uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh-huh. And uh and and so uh, yeah, he had, he had used it. It's a powerful beast. It's a 100 watt uh that old classic tube Marshall tone, you know, and uh, I use that. And I, I have a, a 2017 uh, Les Paul gold top that, you know, those two together. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They just make that tone that I like. That's so cool. Uh, who do you listen to now? Oh, uh, now I, 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 you know, I listen, I love Marcus King. Um, I'm a, I'm a mule head. I listen to a lot of government mule. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm still obsessed with, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan and the Allman brothers and, uh, mm-hmm. that Southern rock kind of thing. Uh, ZZ top. I'm a, I'm a, I'm also a deadhead, you know, I've got, I, I, uh, seen dead and company a few times at least. And, uh, I, I have a band called Sugarleaf trio. That's we're basically just a bar band cover band. You know, we, we yeah. go out and do the, the normal bar band scene, make the money doing that. And we, end up playing a lot of uh grateful dead songs because we're you know we just love that kind of i love that kind of stuff and the rest of the guys do too and so i'm I'm big on the grateful dead i listen to uh i i'm all trying to think of other stuff but the, the fact is i listen to a lot of grateful dead and yeah. uh but also uh mastodon i just went and saw uh tool like a month and a half ago in seattle really? uh-huh yeah uh, tools one of my favorite bands of all time um you know, I saw Metallica earlier this year, also in Phoenix. And a um, buddy of mine, he's a, a Southpaw, Southpaw guitar player, and he played with a band called, called Morgantown. And it was a almond tribute band. And he oh, was Dickie, cool. he was Dickie Betts, you know. He had the oh, hat nice. and everything. And yep. uh, he kept trying to get me to go see the Mule. He kept saying, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. I moved to Vermont, and they have this uh, Cheesem Crow Festival up in what's called the Northeast Kingdom. At Jay Peak, it's a mountain resort up there. Mm-hmm. And the headliner was Government Mule. 
So I finally got to go and I went up to see and I wasn't in my seat two seconds and they came out and it's the first time I've heard a band cover an Elton, a, a band of that stature cover an Elton John song. Yeah. <laughs> but it was so cool. It was, uh, now I'm drawing a blank on what the song was, but uh, uh, Mona, Lisa's and, Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatters, I think it was. Nice. You know, so classic, old, old, good yeah. Elton John. Not the commercial bebop stuff. It was his good mm-hmm. stuff, you know, from Mad Men or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that was the song with Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatters. I'm like, how incredible, you know? That yeah, one awesome. And then Grace Potter's from up there, and they came out and they did Goldust Woman together. Oh, nice. Knocked me out of the water. Great kind. One of the best right. guys I've ever been to. That's and Tool, awesome. now Tool, did they what something happened with Tool recently? Didn't they? Didn't they break up and just get back together or somebody died? No, they just took forever to record their, their last album. Like it was like something like 13 years. Maybe that's what it is. And the, the first yeah, album in like over oh, okay. 13 years to, to release their last album. But speaking about the Allman brothers, uh, and my fanaticism with them, starting <laughs> in 2015, I, I I did my first Allman Brothers tribute show, and I would do it. I was uh, like band leader and, and I was pretty hard on the, the guys, but we would do the two drummers. Mm-hmm. I'd also have the auxiliary percussion. We would do it just like the band. We'd even bring, I have a, a, a Hammond organ. It's not a B3. It's a, it's a C3 actually, uh-huh. which, which is one of the ones where the, the speaker's actually down in the bottom of it. It doesn't have a separate Leslie. It's about the only difference from a B3. I think the keyboard might be a bit smaller, but it sounds like a B3. It's just got a speaker in it instead of a separate leslie speaker uh and it's all church organs and uh so we we would drag that sucker down to the venue too and i did it about five times over the course probably between 2015 and 2018 at different points like when greg allman died and, and all that stuff mm-hmm. we put the we, we do allman brother tribute shows in billings and we did a couple in red lodge and man that was like so much fun because i'm i'm just such a huge fan and, and to be able to play those songs and and yeah. uh great man. I, I love those tribute shows before i moved to vermont i was listening to some guy uh on one of the radio stations here and he was interviewing one of the former drummers of the allman brothers i don't know which one and he was talking about when they played in fillmore and they were the last act and they were ready to get off the stage and people just kept cheering them to play so they just kept playing and they asked the people at the venue said when can we keep going they said play till you want to stop man we don't care people are digging this and they just kept playing and playing, and all of a sudden somebody left. When they left, they opened up the doors, and sunlight came in. They had literally yep. played all night long, you know. Yep. <laughs> it just uh, they didn't care, and the fans just loved it. And you know, if you wanted to go home, go home. But you know, they got there. You imagine doing a gig like that, man? You you get up and you're playing about ten o'clock at night, and and the next thing you see is sunlight coming through the door. I know, I know. It's like crazy. thirty, fifty thousand people, man. Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah, uh, I heard that story. That's a, I had a couple years ago, actually just last year, uh, I, my brother was living in North Carolina. And so I flew out to see him in North Carolina and then we drove down to Macon oh. and we stayed for a few days and uh, we went to the Allen Brothers Museum and the, the, the graveyard where they were buried at. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was like, I was like tour guide for my little brother around the, the big house museum where they used to live because I knew all the stuff. I'd heard all the stories. And yeah, read all the yeah. books. So I think when I retire that'll be my uh that's like my goal for retirement is to move to macon and just work at the big house and give tours you know how fun would that be (laughs) so said that's what i'm doing this is my retirement gig and and the the plan is that by year three we'll be doing video by year five in theory if this thing takes off the way 
everybody says they think it's going to. I, I, I don't know if it's going to take off or not, but if it takes off the way people project it to, year five, we'll be doing it live. I'll have a like a an nice. RV with a mini studio in there. So when we come to interview Adam Rutt, instead of me playing the Adam Rutt, you know, instead of playing uh, Dusters or Despotable, right. you know, okay. we'll play it live. Yeah. We'll play it right That's live. Awesome. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. Dream big. Why not? Right. <laughs> dream, no, dream, go for dream, it, man. That's how, that's how I think. What's uh? What's your favorite venue you've played so far? Oh, that's tough. But I'd, I'd probably have to say Rock and the Rivers. Is, yeah. It, it was just something that I had. Uh, Rock and the Rivers is a big festival that's been happening in Montana for the last like 20 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe even longer. I, I think even longer because that's as that's as far back as I can remember. I'm I'm 40, and uh, so I remember as a 20 year old musician and being like, man, I'd love to play Rock in the River someday. Yeah. And and uh, there was a couple of different false starts. I was supposed to do it in 2020 with Jared Stewart, and then the pandemic hit, so they didn't do Rock in the Rivers. Yeah. And the next year, I was planning to do it with Jared Stewart, and it wasn't like a falling out. I can't remember what happened, but I had. Some other commitments and so i couldn't play in his band that year so he took another bass player with him and so i didn't get to do it in 2021 and then 2022 i did it with stranded by choice finally and it's like a big awesome festival out in the beautiful air you know yeah. and, and we had like the like quiet riot played right after us and then oh, Buck Chair, exciting. You know, uh, extreme was there uh you know it's it's it was awesome and so yeah. it was just like in front of thousands of people and uh that was probably my, that's been probably one of my big, you know, standout ones for me. Um, as far as venues go, like, ah, it's I, the Babcock Theater here in Billings is beautiful. Really? Okay. It's, it's an old, old theater. My dad used to go there uh, when he was a kid and watch uh, uh, movies and uh-huh. uh, he'd ride his bike down there. And so it's like one of those super old, beautifully or, ordained uh, or ornate theaters and everything. And uh, I got to open for Shooter Jennings there. And, oh uh, wow how fun yeah and and uh, i have a, a little funny quick story about this and i i hope he never listens to the podcast but <laughs> uh, so i was i had bought a poster and i was getting his band members all signed it and i said i said where's shooter at you know and they said oh he's down in the dressing room go down there uh it's okay you know he's a cool guy and so i'm like all right and i got my poster and my band uh, was called the rock bottom drifters at the time and and we had played and done a great show too. And and uh, I could see him over watching us play. And so I, I was going to go down and meet him. And uh, the the theater, you'd go down the stairs and it goes into like uh, almost like a gym, uh, like a locker room almost. It looks like downstairs. It's a dressing yeah. room for when they when they did plays there and whatnot. And there's showers in there. And so I walk around the corner and he's pulling his pants down, about to get in the shower. He basically oh. <laughs> moved me. He was he was facing the other direction. And so he totally mooned me unknowingly, you know, and like <laughs> I, I walked back upstairs and I, I waited by the back door until he came out uh, when he was done showering and everything and got his signature. Didn't say a word to him about it, you know, but next time you see him, you say, shooter, I didn't recognize you with your clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so here, here's here's a fun little fantasy thing. You get a phone call from a producer. He says, man, we need someone to open at this, this show tonight. Or we need somebody to play at this the show tonight. You pick the place, you pick the artist. Who's the artist that you're opening for and where are you playing? Hmm. Boy, that's a that's a it's a fantasy, so it could be Oh yeah, and that's a that's a good one. But uh 
of people that are still alive, you know, I would think it, you know, uh, Sturgill Simpson, that would be yeah. a big one, you know, to, to, and, and I think that as far as venues go, like Red Rocks, you know, I was gonna like say, I, as soon as it, the Red Rock was the first place that came to mind with me, that's what right. I was going to I, I, I've seen or, or like Government Mule, like I've seen Government Mule at Red Rocks, uh-huh. and uh, you know, that was a magic night, you know, and uh, I that's it, you know, I'd have to think hard, but where I sit right now, you know, or even like even like Willie Nelson, just because he doesn't have much time left. Right. Left. Right. I would love to open for Willie, you know, or just be able to sit and talk with Willie for a little bit. Um, I do have tickets to see him in July in Seattle with Chris Stapleton. No kidding. So wow. I'm hoping he just, you know, keeps on trucking, you know, keep on smoking Willie and stay with us. And... Well, if he can't make it, you know, because he is getting older, if he can't make it, maybe Chris will call you up and have you go for it. <laughs> yeah. What's funny, I had, I had tickets to see Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard. Uh, it was back in 2016 in New Braunfels, Texas. And yep. Me and my wife went down there, and uh, it was cool. We stayed in Austin for a few days. Well, okay, so th- this is the point of the story, though. Is two weeks before the show, Merle Haggard died. Oh, and yeah. uh, we, we still went down, and they had Ryan Bingham as a replacement oh. for Merle Haggard. So it was Ryan Bingham and Willie Nelson, and it was in the – warm texas rain and, and it's called uh, i think the white water amphitheater in, in new Braunfels, texas yeah warm rain the whole show it was like merle was there man it was a really really special moment magical you know? yeah so i've got to see willie already so i mean i hope he makes it to july you know i mean but uh you know i love willie so that's that's cool so um before we go six hours into this podcast here yeah, <laughs> let's talk about I your solo work. So much coffee, yeah, it's still morning here. <laughs> Let, let's talk about your solo work. The first song we're going to listen to is a song called "Dusters." What's that about? Yeah. What's that about? Well, "Dusters," "Dusters" is uh, at the time I had I had uh, I got my ba- my dad a book for Christmas uh, that was uh, called uh, the the hardest time I think or uh, hardest times or something like that, and it was about the Dust Bowl and. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, something like that. But uh, he ended up letting me borrow it. So I was reading that book, like, on the outside. And then I have, like, a library of, of like, American literature in my bathroom. I got, like, Slaughterhouse-Five <laughs> and, like, like you know, Donne's Inferno and, and then, like, The Grapes of Wrath. And uh, so I was also reading that, you know, in bathroom time. I'm working my way through Grapes of Wrath, too. And, and uh, both those stories you know about you know the dust bowl it was i was just at the time i was really intrigued with that period of time in american yeah. history and that's you know it's it's pretty obvious by the lyrics that that's what the song is about but then like if you listen like in the song i try to like make it sound like a dust bowl is rolling in when that bass solo kicks in right. you know and then everything starts building and building and building and then it goes into that heavy part um, and you hear the siren you know and, and that's when the uh you know the storm hits you know and and i'm just trying to portray that in music there was a phrase was is it the dusters are rolling in or dusters are rolling in? yeah yeah dusters are rolling in, yeah and it made me think i wonder if that's an uh analogy or if it's analogous to something like the dusters represent something else in life too and i try to go deep with these things sometimes and sometimes it's just no it's just the emperor has no clothes you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Man, I think that one was, uh, you know, songs can be taken for whatever, but I think in in that case, uh, 
I, I have I have songs that I'm right that I've written now. I've kind of gone through a weird change and shift in my my life and my relationship and everything like that. Yeah. And those songs uh, are, may have deeper meanings or they have metaphors to them. But I think Dusters was written at a time in my life where it was just a I was going to write a song about uh, about what it would be like living in that dust bowl, you know, back yeah. in those that time, you know. So I'll take the metaphor out of my brain and I'll just listen to this song as it is. <laughs> and, and, and accept it as it is. Adam Rutt here on the Music of America podcast and a song called Dusters.
Dusters with Adam Rutt here on the Music of America podcast. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. The jingle that hits like a single. That's the slogan for Jingle Lingo. It's an advertising vehicle designed to create a unique and personal jingle to promote and position your business, make it stand out above the crowd. Think of that. All those musical jingles you may have heard through the years, right? Who came up with that? Who wrote that jingle? Well, Jingle Lingo can and will put your business into higher vision and focus on all your advertising needs. Jingle Lingo, custom made, custom designed with you and for you through the talents of accomplished singer and songwriter, Courtney Davis Jackson. Check them out today and get to work on your own personalized musical jingle from Jingle Lingo. www.jinglelingo. The jingle that hits like a single. Adam Rutt, our guest on the Music of America podcast. Have you done videos? Uh, no, I did, I've done a video with uh, Stranded that hasn't been released yet. Yeah. It's going to be pretty rad. We did the whole green screen behind us, and uh, it's going to be all, everything's all edited. It's taken forever because there's a lot of editing for it and everything. Uh, but uh, And what's now, your part on something like that when it's green screen? You just go and stand up and just play your lead and then walk off? Yeah, man, you get that rock stance going on, you know, and uh, and you you got the music playing, and then you just act like you're rocking out. You know? oh, okay, it's, uh, okay, pretty strange. Yeah, <laughs> don't you have to do it precise though? Yeah. Don't like if they focus in on your fingers and you're going, you got to be doing that if the song is doing that, and if you're going like doing an appresio when they're playing triplets, you know, right? It's, it's gonna be off right. a little bit. So, I mean, they have to be pretty precise on what they're shooting, what you're playing, right? Yeah, it's funny though. I was like, I was the one that was like, "Oh, we got to do that again." I I didn't play that part right or whatever, and they were like, "Adam, don't worry about it. Like nobody, could, they're not going to be able to tell <laughs> yeah. like that." I was more worried about it than they were, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I've seen some like some like screenings, uh, the thirty second minute long clips of yeah. what this video is going to look like. And it's like nothing I've ever seen, man. I, I, I'm excited for it, but we we filmed it like back in like March or April, so it's it's a long it's been a long time coming. I'm like, when is this thing going to come out? But, no kidding. Yeah, I've done videos with other bands. Uh, I was in a band called Omnifex. Uh, we did some a few music videos, uh, but I didn't. I haven't done any with the Electric Outlaws. Yeah, no. And so. your recordings that you do, you do all your recordings in Billings, or do you go to other studios, other states? Where do you go? their studios in Billings, yeah. The um like the the new Stranded album mm -hmm. and my first Electric Outlaws album were both recorded at Iconoclast Studios by Jesse Benoy. Um he's just coming up. He's he's not just coming up now. He's been at it for a few years and he's awesome. Like he knows how to capture that real rock sound, you know. Yeah, I and think then, I think somebody else that's been on here has used him because that name sounds familiar only because there's yes. a there's a house in St. Louis, a historic house called the Benoit House, and it's spelled Benoist. Mm -hmm. So I've always had that memory because I had to do a project on it way back in high school. <laughs> and, yeah. And it's where my daughter and son-in-law got married at the Benoit House. Oh, nice. How about that? Yeah. So, yeah, it was Jesse. Jesse did uh, those for, uh, for Stranded and, and the Electric Outlaws. And then my other Electric Outlaws album was recorded by Sean Lynch. And he owns the Pub Station in Billings, which is a big studio that or not big, not big studio. It's a big uh, venue. Yeah. And during the pandemic, he, he, he had an arcade in there and he took and he took all the machines out and he put up new drywall and, and sound stuff and turned it into a studio so oh, that you wow. can still make money during the pandemic. And yeah. so I recorded my second electric outlaws album with Sean there. Me and him go way back. I 
you know, I remember when he first moved back to Billings from Portland in like 2001 or so I first met him and, and he's been doing, he's been working through different venues and Billings here until he finally had his own one with the pub station. And, and, you know, the town is lucky to have him, you know, any band members we should be acknowledging that we haven't here. I would, I'll, I'll do a shout out to all the guys that I got the guys in sugar leaf trio uh-huh. that are David Benuelos and Ken Clark. And then the guys in the Electric Outlaws are also Dave Benuelos, Brandon Griffin, Ben Lacroix, and Simon Weisner are uh, my 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 guys that have just been with me the whole time in the Electric Outlaws. And then in Stranded by Choice, it's Rich Feely, Sean Young, and Levi Luoma. And uh, those are my uh, those are the three bands, and they're just my brothers. You know, I've I've uh, right. once once you travel with people a few times and like, tour with them, you know. There's a special bond that that happens. That it's just it's just crazy. They call it the spree de corps, right? A spree de ah. corps. Yeah, oh, it's, it's that, that, that unity that comes. I mean, uh, it happens in the military all the time. Um, I was in a fraternity, and we used to do a thing called a walkout, where the pledge class would kidnap four or five or six or ten of the active members, and the people that you do those things with, you'll always have a special connection with them. You know. Because you've shared something with only a small group of people that nobody else in the world got to have that experience of. You know what I'm saying? I totally get it. Yeah, I absolutely even even if you're disparabolas. (laughs) (laughs) Even if you're (laughs) disparabolas. That might happen sometimes. That might happen sometimes, especially with you touring with musicians. (laughs) Well, the the last song, the reason I said it's Dispara, Dispara Bolas. I believe. Dispara Bolas. It's got a little roll of the tongue in there that I can't do. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to throw that in there. Dispara Rolas. See. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Originally, but it's the Electric Outlaws and you, right? Yeah, Ours that's is- uh, yeah, that's my solo band, and that one I wrote just like like Dusters too, and uh, that one is a uh, it's funny it's part of a, like a trilogy that the song Denver that's on the first Electric Outlaws album is like the first part of the story, and then uh-huh. Disparabolas is the second part of the story, and then the song Hellbound Train that's also on that same album, the second album, is like the third part of it, and it could just keep going, but it's the story of this guy that's really having a hard time. I I, I can. <laughs> picture that in my mind of a trek of something where something began in denver and he was disparabolas and yeah, then train wreck right yeah he's got yeah he's got vigilantes after him and he's oh, got wow. all sorts of different people after him uh he lost his lady in denver you know it's a big it's a big story and then he ends up on a hellbound train uh-huh. you know, after uh after disparabolas you know it uh are we, are uh, we gonna explain what that means well, it's, I have to say, yeah, Disparabolas means tripping balls. <laughs> and uh, in the song, in, in the lyrics, you'll notice that he uh, he takes, he got some peyote from a medicine man. Uh-huh. And then it goes into, it goes into a section where he's tripping balls. And uh, that is essentially where then the song will go into the song that is Hellbound Train. Uh-huh. I don't have it that way on the album. And it's I've never actually told anybody this. It's all just been. Except for you, you're the first one to know that these well, songs. I'm not going to tell anybody, and, and nobody's going to hear it anywhere. So <laughs> that's all right. Now it's out of the bag. So. It's out of the bag. There'll probably be. I'm sure there'll be more to the story too, because it's not over yet. He's stuck in where the story is right now. He's stuck in hell on a hellbound train. So you know, it's a. Uh... 
funny. We can keep going. You know, I could go either way. It could end up good or bad, you know? Yeah, I can continue on the on the hellbound train, or maybe he meets his girl from Denver. Finds the girl from Denver, who knows? You know, the redemption, you know, yeah. one of those I, I like a good redemption story. Funny. <laughs> well, the song Trippin' Balls should be called or I guess it's, parenthet- <laughs> it's parenthetically, right? But it's really the yeah, spot of bullets. Originally called Outlaws, you know. Yeah, I know, Outlaws yeah. Lament or something like that. But yeah. I, I like the Sparrows Bolas better. <laughs> Me too. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Adam Rudd, Billings, Montana, and the song Disparo Bolas here on the Music of America podcast.
subtitled Tripping Balls, Desverbolas, on the Music of America podcast, and our guest, Adam Rutt. Adam, this is just, this is why I do this show, man. It's just so much fun. It's great. Uh, This is the segment of the show we call Shameless Self-Promotion. So have no pride and tell us all about how we can support you, your art, your craft, how we can buy your music, buy your t-shirts, just whatever, and have at it. All right. Well, lately I've been doing a lot of solo shows. I I, I have a good time with that. I I uh, do a bunch of my original country stuff and uh, play acoustic guitar, and I I run a a looper pedal so I can solo too. And and uh, doing a lot of gigs like that. I I don't know. It's it, I found there's a great market for it and everything. So anybody's interested, if you got breweries, bars, anywhere, I travel all over. I just got back from a little tour with that doing bunch of small towns in montana and wyoming cody red lodge and mile city mm-hmm. on and on so that's kind of something i do and and uh you can reach me at vigilante adam at yahoo.com uh for for any kind of bookings for that stuff um as far as some shows like i got like i'm doing uh new year's oh, okay so the day before new year's Eve, uh the 30th of december i'm at wild ginger with my band sugar leaf trio uh, Wild Ginger is a is like a that's your cover uh, band, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's like a steakhouse, uh, sushi restaurant. I mean, oh, man, it's, it's awesome, good food. That they have a really cool stage and everything in there. So I'm doing that on the 30th, and on the 31st, I'm at the Powderhorn Lounge for New Year's Eve with Sugar Leaf Trio, also. And then uh, I got to run a shows with the Electric Outlaws in April all over Montana. We're doing uh, Butte. Bozeman, uh, Great Falls, uh, Livingston, and Billings, and Red Lodge uh, on this little run. Um, I got a tour coming up in the summertime with Stranded by Choice. You can check out Stranded by Choice um, at uh, strandedbychoiceband.com is their webpage. And uh, the Electric Outlaws, is it's, it's under Adam Rutt and the Electric Outlaws on all streaming services. You know, I appreciate people just going out and checking out my band. Also stranded by choice, um, and yeah, that's uh, I'll be. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook also if you want to see what's going on with my gigs. I I don't have a, my own website for my solo stuff uh, really, but it's just check my social media and I I always post up about where I'm at and fun little adventures like last weekend where I I went to the I was taken to the ski lodge where I played at by snowmobile. It was about a mile and a half ride on a snowmobile with all my equipment on a sled on the back, you know, and, and uh, so I'll post about my fun little adventures too that I have out there on the road. And, uh, yeah, just you can keep up with me. I, I'm under electric. I think it's electric dot rut on uh, Instagram or electric rut, something like that. So uh, give me a follow and, uh, and uh, I'll just, I'll out there. I'm with stranded. I'm all over the United States touring, uh, Right now, I'm trying to book, like, I just got Houston booked, but I'm working on New Orleans for our first time. I've never been there, and I want to I wanna get us there. And so New Orleans and Memphis and Jackson are the three yeah. that I'm working on that are going to expand us out further from where we went last tour, which which got to, like, we got to, like, Kansas City. We went down to Amarillo, but not all the way to Houston. So um, we're just expanding out further and further. Um, going to hit the, you know, uh, the west west coast over there, too, hopefully this year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, my New Year's so my New Year's resolutions are, among others, finish my studio in my basement, okay, and then open my doors up 
to guests that want to come and do St. Louis and have contacts for you to meet in St. Louis so you can play places here in town. So you're not just driving through and catching a ball game and a beer and a hot dog with me, you know, and do the same in Vermont. Because Vermont, as I have said time and again, is one of the best kept music secrets in the country. Good to know. And I've heard Vermont is beautiful. You know, it's, right? it's absolutely gorgeous, man. It's it's the it's the eastern counterpart to what I envision Montana to be. Okay, I'm gonna. So you got more flatlands. <laughs> I'm gonna just interject real quick. A friend of mine went and played in Vermont, and his name is Wesser Baniac. And I should tell you that as somebody that you need to talk to. He yeah. builds his own guitars. He's a luthier uh-huh. and builds his own guitars out here. And then he also travels all over the country. And he's one of the only people I've known that's ever played Vermont. And he said it was beautiful there. And uh, so, yeah. Uh, but Westerbaniac is somebody who you should probably check out, I think. For uh, sure. Uh, and since we're going out of shout, I, I think it was, was, was it Elena, Ilana, Ilana Hayden that introduced yes. me to you? Yeah, Ilana Hayden. Well, so let me say, there's a reason I brought that up. Let me say thank you, Adam Rutt, for being our guest today and our Merry Christmas guest, our first guest of the Christmas, well, I guess it's the only guest of Christmas Day, <laughs> our first guest from Montana, but Merry Christmas and thank you for coming on. The reason I brought Thanks, up Alana, Alana Hayden is up next is this bluesy jazz vocalist, or is she a jazzy blues vocalist? You decide tomorrow when you'll hear Alana Hayden tomorrow on the music of america podcast you've been listening to the music of america podcast if you like today's show please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our music of america podcast facebook page like us and follow the show and episodes we tally the votes of all our shows and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.